Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Tom, are we ready? Are you ready? Guten Tag, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Flats and Shanks. That went German, Kenyan, French. Yeah, I did. You are so versatile. I've always said it. Bilingual. That was try. Were you and English? Four, quadlingual. And Welsh. Can you speak Welsh? I tip it back. Deal. Yeah. Close to company. <laughs> is, that, is that one? Welcome to Wales. Yeah, that's one, isn't it? I've seen yeah. it on the signs. Yeah. I've seen it on well the signs. Well done, you. You're closer to Chepstow. Croiso Amato Services. Croiso Amato Services. No, services Chepstow. is a long word in Welsh. I can't even say it. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's like massive. gag and gag and clang and wow, isn't it, or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, here we are. It is where we are um, in the UK. It is... Monday morning, it is a gorgeous, crisp, bright, sunny, dry morning, winter's morning. This is good as English weather gets to me, boy. And that's why you decided to take the bike out, isn't it? That's why I brought the hog over. Um, I met Matt Powell, ex Worcester Warriors, third choice scrum half for breakfast at 8 o'clock near my house in Bath. And I got the bike, brought the bike over, Triumph Tiger 800. It does look like you are Deliveroo or you're delivering parcels Mate. as in a courier. Mate. There's no Deliveroo lad delivering sushi or special fried rice to your house on a new Triumph. You have a huge box on the back of your bike which just looks out of place. No, it's practical, boy. It looks out of place, mate. It's practical and it's currently got a human skull in it, so it's useful. It's got loads of ice with a beaten heart. (laughs) But I do... But you've swapped the ice for diamonds because it's like a movie from James Bond. Yeah, and you open it and it's like... Frozen ice comes out the top, but I, I do, live in daylight. So I, I do think. like, I do like being on the bike. Do I, you? I wanted to take my bike to London this weekend, but I'll tell you why I didn't in a minute. Is uh, it a sense of freedom that you get? People on say your it's bike. a sense of freedom. No, I think it feels less like freedom than driving a car. Because in a car, you can just completely sit back and relax. Like we're in your car now, and it's like an armchair. It's as comfy as your house. A bike isn't like that, but it's actually you concentrate a bit more. It's just, it's it's like it's like driving. A modern day, 
it's, it's like driving an old school sports car, like an analog sports car versus a modern day computer tech, high tech. So, I mean, that is very high tech, that bike. But you have to you have to do everything yourself and you're constantly involved. You don't just sit there and put the radio on and do nothing. And now and again, that is quite enjoyable. It's just a phase you're going through, mate, with your life and the I've, age you are. I've wanted a motorbike since I was a kid and I've waited until I'm a grown up so that I don't drive like a knob on it basically to be, yeah to be fair i've always heard you talk about motorbikes i was gonna get one when i live with you not i was gonna get one when i live with you my mum wouldn't let me get one that's because we watch wild hogs in the cinema no like that. Oh, i, 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 I was gonna get one and i went to chicks uh, will love it i went to a bike shop and said can i order one of these please and said have you got a license yet i said no but i'll get one before it arrives and they wouldn't let me order it because it's like you've you're ordering a i was ordering a thousand cc superbike i was like that's a good idea it's a great idea do you know what i've always wanted it's not serious now. To be able to rap better. Hair. Um, no, I've always wanted an R2... To be English. An R2-D2 remote control projector. So it's... Yeah. I think it's about three foot high, and it's a remote control. So the remote control is the Millennium Falcon, and it's got an MP3 player, it's got a projector, you can hook up all your devices to it. Like a Sonos thing, but R2-D2. Yeah, but you, you can... You can drive it around your house oh, yeah. and then it stops and then you can push a button on the Millennium Falcon, which again is the remote control, and yeah. it will project a movie onto a white wall. Oh. Always one of them. They're about £2,000. Oh, they exist? Yeah, and I'm still saving. So. They exist? Yep. I thought you were making it up. Nope. For a minute there, I thought you developed some sort of imagination. Turns nope. out you haven't. Nope. So if anyone wants to make any anonymous donations to my cause... Yeah, I mean... Just get in touch. Pretty hard to justify a purchase like that when you've still got a mortgage, but actually... wish we were like Jiffy, didn't have mortgages. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was with Jiffy last week. Yeah. We'll talk about Jiffy in a minute. What have you been up to, fella? What have I been up to? Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I asked you. Well, we did the live podcast on Saturday, which will be released along with this one which is really good, in the Bear Pub in Twickenham, in association with Guinness. So thank you, Guinness. Thank, thank you, you, Luke. Thank you, Guinness. Team. Thank you, Guinness. Thank you to the Bear Pub, who are very welcoming. They're nice, aren't they? They do bacon and sausage butties and coffees. Really nice. Well, they don't do coffees. So the machine broke. That's right. The machine broke. Yeah. yeah but Rob, Rob Cox, who is uh, a mate from MBN Events, he came uh, with his other... He was better off to listen to the pod and watch the pod, so to speak, and he actually went down the road and got us coffees, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he sent his missus. He didn't go. Lazy twat. Lovely bloke, though. Nice. Never even met him. No, but you, would, you wouldn't like him. I was at my old rugby club the night before. So when I moved from Effing hell, what club was when that? When I moved from Wales back to London, we lived in a place called Effingham, and I played two or three seasons there in the minis. I wasn't allowed to play number ten because a guy called George Turner was number ten, and he oh. played number ten since he was two. Arrogant. I wasn't allowed to play outside centre because. The captain, Humphrey, played outside centre. So I slotted in at 15. Did you? Yeah. I can't I can't imagine you being good at 15 because you're so heavy of leg. I can't imagine you getting off the ground very high. I was probably 13 at the time. Yeah, but you've still, 14. Got, you've still got massive legs and arse and calves now and you don't even I was a late developer. Like so I spoke there at the rugby club. It's great to see all uh, you a load of family you friends. Got, you started puberty at 13. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know if I had. You look. I look at you, and I think yeah, I you would have started at like nine. Yeah, I think I was quite early. Yeah, but 
I also start I start getting boobs quite early. Anyway, <laughs> boobs, sorry, pecs. But that was good fun. So saw a lot of family friends there. Really welcoming. I've got a shirt up there. So Shanko's shirt, Shanko's shirt, an old God. one, a Rockport one from Wales. Is it? Yeah, which is as old as time. <laughs> but you great those, did you get those Rockport deck shoes when you were? Those yeah. deck, those, they were the coolest. I used to wear those pasties. They were so cool. They were kickers. Rob so Sinoli cool. would be the only player that'd wear them because they were that bad. Oh, I like those. But David Kirk, the MC, not the from Wasps. former All Blacks captain. Yes, he does a lot with Wasps, a yeah. lot with the charity. He, he's on the scene, isn't he? He's on the circuit. He was there. Um, there was nice no, fella too. There was no Mike. And no. Kirky said he's not happy. I said, well, which of the seven dwarves are you then? <laughs> he's a small bloke, okay? Yeah, he is. Cute. Fit him in your pocket. Yeah. Um, and then I obviously drove down. We stayed in the Marriott Hotel in Twickenham. And we both got there, Flats and I. And the rooms were booked for us because we were up early the next morning in the bear. It's just being clumsy. Dropped and we get to the hotel and there's only one room. Only one room. Ugh. Yeah, what you didn't know is I cancelled mine on the way. <laughs> What the bloke did, what the bloke was like. Sorry, I've only got there's only two of you. I've only got one room. Sorry, um, but I do have a room reserved at the Heathrow Marriott. You what? I was like, sorry, what, mate? You don't want your windpipe anymore? I'll donate your windpipe <laughs> to the cause. I'll bridge and you in the throat, mate. I'll take but your it, heart out like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. What you haven't mentioned is that it was twenty past one in the morning when we got there. Yeah. Right, so it's not you don't ideally want to be swapping hotels when you're getting up at eight. You don't want to be swapping hotels or getting up at half seven. From Twickenham to Heathrow, do you? No, no. But he didn't know we knew each other, so luckily we knew each other, and we was like, mate, we'll share a bed, we don't care. Turned out two double beds, happy days. Absolutely fine. You're right, though, because he didn't see us holding hands on the way in. No. So why would you think that? Here's a question for you now. Okay. Right? If you didn't, hadn't known... Is it now? Now, right? Yeah. If you didn't know me, yep. and we, we turned up, <laughs> I was a random, and we turned up, and I just walked in before you, and he said, we've only got one room but it's got two double beds in it. Yeah. I would have said, because you know what I'm like, super friendly, I would have been like, mate, I don't know you, but I don't want you to have to drive to Heathrow. You are more than welcome to keep in the same room as me. Would you have stayed in the same room with a random? I probably would have told a couple of inappropriate jokes to you, seen your reaction, if it was a positive one. Saddle up, partner. Yeah. <laughs> There's room for one more if you still want to go to hell and back. If you had looked at me like, just asked if I could tickle your balls, I probably would have said, We'll maybe leave it. What if, what if the random you? What if the random you didn't know had turned around and said, "Come on, soldier." Maybe I'd say, "Let's toss for it." <laughs> Come on, soldier, and then do papers as a stone for the room. It's you and me now. <laughs> uh, but luckily, it worked out, didn't it? But it was great to see Justin Harrison again. So, like, yeah, what a bloke! I just, I uh, just love that guy. What a man! Yeah, he's a great user. I mean, if the, if we could have Flats and Shanks Man of the Year award, you know. He would come a close second to me, put it that way. I have I've known Gug a long time and I have never seen him. And this is true now. I don't remember but he obviously played rugby and trained in trainers and boots and played in boots, but I have never seen him away from the training ground or rugby field or gym in anything other than a pair of beautifully maintained, polished brown leather boots that he got given in for the Wallabies squad about fifteen years ago. The same pair. Are these the boots that you've been waxing lyrical about that? We're looking old and tattered, and you're, you've just given them a rejuvenation. 
Yes, but I, he's got he's taken this to the next level. So I've actually weirdly been texting a mate this morning, uh, James Hughes from Bath. Um, he runs the uh, Loke Shoe Shop in Bath. He and I'm going to take trader. him. Rogue trader, yeah. And yeah. I'm going to take him in, and he's going to give me a little masterclass in how to really. Do so a does he job work on. with or for Chris McNamara? Yeah, yeah, for. Okay. Yeah, but he runs the bar store. Okay. He's a lovely man. Used used to work in a used to be a car dealer effectively in Bath. Now, boys and girls, not anymore. I am very sorry for the last podcast we did in the Welsh camp. Oh no, there were huge issues with sound. One being that Rob Evans turned his microphone off as we were switching over to two different players, so I've not been able to even post that. We'll have to go back in. Um, we'll also have to do a good hour, I reckon, with Liam Williams. He's up for it. Is he? he loved it. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. I mean, he he probably just saying he loved it because that's what people do. I saw him do that. I saw him do the tosser sign to you as you walked off. Yeah, that's that was our hand, that was our handshake. Oh, was handshake. it? Yeah. Um, what great company! What great company he is! Mm. What a good bloke! And Rob Evans, just hilarious. We knew that. But just, just, do you know what? It, we do, we don't go into the England camp very often. We went to the other week and we didn't go because Shanks had to shave his back. But we. It's a really interesting one. You go in there and it's everyone's lovely and it's pretty relaxed and but everything is structured and you there's somebody there with you for every interview and it's what you might call really professional. So it's not a tense, hostile environment with England. Great lads. You go to Wales, the Wales camp. We've been in a few times now and because of Shanko's connection, because your connection, and it is just so relaxed. Like Warren Gatton walked past, hey boys, how's it going? And Luke Broadley, the media guy, who do you want to speak to? Then they go, yeah, cool mate, cool. Cool, mate. Cool. Yeah, no worries. And if they've won a game, lost a game, played well, played badly, had a shocker, had a stormer, yeah, go for it, boys. And they don't stand over your shoulder. They trust you. If we cocked them over, then you probably forego that privilege. But we're not. We are not there to break news. As don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, we're there. We're there for fun. Like, and if we, if someone's rubbish, like if Liam Williams was crap at the weekend, we would say so, and he wouldn't mind that because he knows the game. But it's like we can be honest and all that, but still be welcomed into that place i just love that welsh camp vibe and i think it is do you wish you were welsh sometimes well my mum was conceived in pontypool i've told you that yeah. um do you know no I don't. okay fine um so we're apologizing for the sound but we are looking at different avenues now aren't we for our audio visual support yeah we're wondering guys we'd like a bit of feedback on this actually on I don't know, Twitter or email or whatever you want. but Or just call Shanks on 07881. But we think maybe we should try and sort our tech out a little bit. I mean, we're debating at the moment whether we should go it's to a... mass a debate, st- isn't it? We should go to a studio uh, and... No, no, no. Record it. No, no, no. As well as video it. Like most of the big dogs do. So we're wondering whether that should be the way forward. We're in, just, we're in a proper studio. We have it video recorded, sound recorded. Difficulty is, listeners, we don't know. Michelle knows, but we don't know. We have no idea how many downloads we get or how many people listen to our thing on average week. And we don't really want to know in any specific detail because we want it to just be fun. But then it does get annoying when, after a couple of years, every now and again, the sound is still crap. And more more to the point... 
Shanks, you have to do everything. Shanks has to do everything. I do nothing. And that's been funny for a while, but it's not that funny anymore. When I've Shanks never laughed. Up, when Shanks, it was funny for me. When Shanks is up for hours trying to sort out the sound because we accidentally turned a microphone off or something. You know, it's just like, actually, it's a pain in the arse. So, so yeah. maybe we should sort it out. So Thomas Marsh, I know you listen. I know your dad listens as well. Adrian Marsh. Marshy. He's um, DS Smith. Yeah. Chief Finance Director. Bin Man. I think that's his title. Is he a bin man? Uh, D.S. Smith. He's refuse. everything. He's everything. He's paper, plastic. I refuse refuse. Recycling paper. Yeah. Group. Cyclist. Yeah. Group. Chief Financial Officer, I believe. Oh, hello. Someone's got an Number two. Card. Uh, but his his son had a big complaint the other day. had a text because the sound wasn't great. And then too many adverts. But the adverts, we need the adverts. Thomas, okay. Well, we can forego the adverts if you give us a tenner a week. There we are. Are you happy with Beach. that? But he was a little bit angry anyway because he's hurt his knee and he's having an operation, I think, on his knee. Oh, okay. So, let you off this time, but beware, mate. Yeah. Because I'll hunt you down. And no, you'll, give, you'll give him a dry slap, won't you? You know what you're like. Flats will. What will you do to him? I'll give him one of those famous Maidstone uppercuts, the ones that miss. <laughs> the ones that miss <laughs> and don't exist. What have you been up to? Oh, don't ask. Okay. So, anyway... On um, let's talk about it, shall we? Yeah. So on Wednesday, the day after we we're in the podding at the Vale, um, I uh, met my friend Jane for lunch in Bath, and we went to the Circus Restaurant, which is very very nice. On the Circus, now, Jane is the lady who owns Media Clash. They own Bath Life Magazine and Cardiff Life and the Bristol one. The What's her surname? Ingham. Actually, okay, yeah, she's lovely. We met for lunch, and then I went up to meet um, to London to meet Sarah Hartley, who is the new, recently appointed travel editor for the Mail on Sunday. Okay, um, and going to do some cool stuff there. So she she is absolutely lovely. I actually really enjoyed that meeting because she didn't only get the coffees in; she got the blimmin' flapjacks in and all. What other girls do you meet? Um, that's two girls. Then I went to. Um, Rugby captain's dinner. Um, so I went with ITV and it was a 15-year celebration of the World Cup that I won. Um, anyway, I, I went, all the World Cup, loads of the World Cup winners were there, but I went with ITV. Was it the Sevens World Cup? It was the under-18s. Okay. We came ninth. Um, so it was, it was that, I wasn't obviously there because I won the World Cup, but I did a Q, Mark Pugach, who's hosting the ITV coverage, did a Q&A on stage with me and Paul Grayson. And yeah, it was actually blimmin' nice. And, Bafe's, Bafe's hosted it, so guess what? It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, he's class. Johnny Gould did the auction. Guess what? Really, he really was good. amazing. Yeah, they're just class operators. Um, Can I just say something quickly? Yeah. I'm really tired today because being at Monaco over the weekend at the um, yeah, the World Rugby Awards. World, World Rugby Awards. Yeah. So I'm really shattered. How was it? Yeah, really good. Really good. Because it good. Loads, yeah, loads are good. Lads and ladies there. Probably you and her bands, wasn't it, on the lash? Ah, oh, it's all of us. All of us, just cool. too ready to... You and Campo, was it, on the <sighs> lash? You and Nick Farr-Jones? We are all there. All there, just high-fiving. You and Fitzy, necking blimmin' pints. Getting an airstrike in. Oh. Jaeger bombs. How many caps you got, you bastard? Oh, yeah. neck it. Don't swear. No, bastards in the dictionary. But I wasn't. I wasn't, actually. But I wish I was. I know. I'm waiting for an invite. Saying that, like I was with... Um, I would have happily translated Johnny Sexton's vo- uh, little note for his 
winning speech. You haven't seen I I couldn't download it on my thing. What did he not do a speech? He was literally speechless, apparently it said. He's got a throat infection, laryngitis, I think, and he couldn't speak, so Oh poor guy. Rory Best went and did it. Oh him. lovely. Yeah. Um Yeah, you, know, you go and with different T V channels and stuff like the Six Nations a couple of years ago I went and did a flew over to Dublin and did a feature with an interview a feature, an interview with Rory Best. And obviously I played against obviously I played against Rory Best a few times, whatever, and you got a kind of an affinity when you've played whatever, but we don't know each other. And I cannot imagine a warmer, more gentle um, Lover. Lover. Um pair of hands than Rory's. But welcome. Like it's just the nicest, nicest bloke. And also great on the lash, loves the booze, hell of a player, centurion. Top of the range captain, Grand Slam winner. You're like, that guy has got it made. Ticks all the boxes then. Got it made. Um, Thursday, new, yep. mo- new motorbike got delivered. That's the best That's the best day of the week. Um, then on Friday, I had Sporting Speaker of the Year with NBN. It was really, really cool. Uh, so it was, yeah, so it was basically three speakers compete against each other 15 minutes each, and the names were good. So it was John Motson, legendary football commentator, yes. Henry Blofeld, Test Match Special. And Jiffy, Jonathan Davis. So all around the same age bracket. All around, yeah, just yeah, just sub sub ninety three over eighty. Um Jiffy was the youngest there by miles and he is he arrived on the bus for free. So they were all, you can imagine, brilliant. Henry Blofeld was just amazing, just class. Like his vocabulary and his voice and his accent are just yeah. amazing. But Jiffy stole the show and won. And he was very, very funny. But we had a Q&A with Martin Johnson and George Gregan, so I got them up on stage for a bit. And as you can imagine, class. Yes. The girl, the girls, at, um, Katie and Sophie and Jess and all the girls at, at MBN, before I go on stage and say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome up, Jono and George, they check they're in the room. Otherwise, it'd be embarrassing in case they'd gone for a wee or something. And they're like, George isn't here. I was like, yeah, George is there. No, George is. No, he's not. I said, he is. I can see him from here. No, that's not George. So I'm telling you, that's George. And they're like, what, the guy on table three? Yeah, that's George Gregan. They're not rugby experts. But they're like, hang on, it can't. And they honestly, no joke, they honestly thought it was if it was George Gregan, it was George Gregan's son. Because they were like, that guy's he's meant to be in his 40s with 140 caps. And it's like, no, no. He looks unbelievable. Unbelievable, whatever he's done to himself. And... John, John, I got up on the stage and they didn't notice. And John, I got up on the stage and I said, "How are you doing, John?" He goes, "Good." But about ten people have told me that I haven't aged as well as George. It's like you haven't. You look terrible, John. Owen. he looks amazing. Like he looks like you're 21. Anyway, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Yeah, he's the guy, isn't he? Yeah. I've never seen him without a beer in his hand at an event. Always having a good time. Always smiling. Do you ever see him drink it though? Never seen him pissed. No, doesn't drink it. Tips he's a, it. He's a keeper, is he? So, and after that. Um, I you know, remember Andy Newman who played second row for Saints Ospreys Welsh guys about as Welsh as me yes. big tall fella yes. nine feet tall really really nice man well I did a lunch with him and he sort of sorted me out with this cool gig about a year ago and then he asked if I'd go and help him with a charity for a friend of his up in Northampton um, for the Miles Frost Foundation and I agreed to it before anything else was in my diary I don't regret that but it just meant that Finished the lunch at five o'clock in the city and had to be in Northampton on Friday night by seven seven thirty, which I didn't quite make. Mm. Did host this dinner, which was really really nice, really good fun. Um, obviously, as a favour because we love charity, don't we? And then got back in the car at eleven thirty in Northampton, back down to check in with you at the Marriott, up at half seven for the pod, which was nice. And then a full day in the Quilter Suite. 
I mean, corporate you, Twickers. You were up at half seven with me. You made the bruise. Thank you. Thank you. Because I thought it was middle of the night because I felt like I could generally just shut my eyes and we were already awake again to go back to work, which is fine. But then this little brew arrived and I was like, oh, God, well done, mate. Well done. UHT milk. It's not quite the same. And it's like you're a really good person to share a hotel room within the winter because you don't. When you get up at night, you don't have to turn the lights on because you just glow. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a walking nightlight. <laughs> and then you're standing. That's why you were touching me then. then yeah. Then, 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 yeah. then when you're by the mirror, looking at your, looking at yourself in the mirror, and you're like pulling up, pinching a bit of fat around your bottom of your tummy, and you're like, oh, I've got a bit of fat lately. I'm looking at you, thinking, I have never been that lean in my life. You twat. But you're in great shape, mate. Well done. Um, Saturday night of a mate, Sean Justice's, your mate as well, 40th in Battersea. And he and he was actually really annoyed that you he'd invited you. It was your birthday too, but he'd invited you and you never even replied. He said you're the only person who didn't reply on the whole list. Can I just say, though, I, he probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but it was a generic email that was sent out. It wasn't personalised whatsoever. If you think I'm replying to that, FCUK. jog on. All right. All right, now he knows. Um, you know, if you want a reply, it's got to be personalised to me, individual to me. Yeah. But I had to go to Leicester on Sunday morning, so I got there on Saturday night. I didn't get to the party because I was at Twickenham. I didn't get to the party till about half nine. And by 12, I had a couple of beers, and I was like, I'm, I actually need to go because I'm working. And everyone, basically, all my mates in the world except you were there. Everyone was getting smashed. And I was like, right. Taking it easy. Yeah, I've got to go. I can't stay. And I said... Danny Grucott was there and I was like Dan I'm actually going to slink off mate so I'll call you in the week and he's like yeah I might slink off as well you got room for one more so yeah let's do it so he stayed at the Apex Fleet Street which cool. is where I stay a lot um, all the time big Carl Mitchell sorted us out and Danny and I went twos up in a double bed and then had a full English in the morning and hit the road to Leicester for the Leicester against Thingy game you know the one great night so yeah busy weekend Tommy a few logistics but we're all right. We're okay, aren't we? News just in. What's your problem, Tom? News just in, okay. couple of things first. Mostly to do with Ireland. Johnny Sexton winning IRB Player of the Year. Well deserved. I just love the pictures that Simon Zebo is posting of him. Yeah, there's a couple of him when he was young. A little bit porky around the face. But worthy winner. Incredible season he's had this hang year. On, Tom. But also... The last 10 years as well. Just been so consistent. Tom, Great player. On. Tom, hang on. Yep. There's a bloke in this car park where we are. And he's like Lee Mears wearing Simon Shaw's dinner jacket. Can we take a photo? Tux. Can you try and take a photo? Because it is, it is the most bizarre thing. I'm not, actually, I'm not actually being one of those horrible gits that takes the piss here. I'm just thinking his mates haven't told him that... His clothes don't fit. And I feel bad for him. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton class. class. Lovely little speech by Rory Best in the end. But there was, was tough competition as well. You know, that just shows you yeah. what a class player he's been. I think the best two players in the world play for Ireland at the moment. I mean, you think about last year and you think that drop kick right at the end against France, first game in the Six Nations, nails it. But there's so many occasions like that which have occurred Joe Schmidt wins coach of the year yeah Island Rugby win team of the year yeah Brody Retallick wins try of the year yeah I think Bowden Barrett goes up to to accept the award but you know I was there in Monaco it was brilliant 
Brilliant. I've just got loads of euros left in my pocket now. God, what a night, though. Try and what change. a night we had with Sexto and the lads, though, didn't oh, we? Oh, we did. Blimmin' mad. But hot off the press this morning is that Joe Schmidt will step away from Irish rugby. They reckon. After. No, it's, it's out. Is it? Yep. I've been on the bike, haven't I? I've been on the hog, I've been checking the news. That he will step away from Irish rugby after the World Cup and Andy Farrell will take over as head coach. Get in. Which I think is a great appointment. Get in. Like Ireland's defence, Ireland's attack, I think, has always been very good, very clever in the way they break teams down. And you saw that for the Stockdale try against the All Blacks. And you saw that out in Chicago when they beat them a couple of years ago as well. You see it every seen it with Leicester, every, we? every single game. Yeah, you know, they're very clever in the way they attack and very clever at the breakdown. But the defence, I think, since Andy Farrell has been there, has just gone up 10, 15%. I think it's gone up between 17 and 26%. So now, not only do Ireland score tries, but they stop pretty, pretty the easily. Team scoring but tries, which is what defence means. Very, very difficult to score against them as well. Yeah. And, and all, but it's not just defence, it's a contact area as well. You know, they don't give many penalties away anymore. Yeah. So, very clever. Lots of, so very, lots that, of very that's intelligent a, players. You know, I think that's a good appointment for Ireland. It's not said whether Joe Schmidt is actually retiring from coaching rugby you know whether it's obvious what he's doing come on you know what he's doing Lions is it All Blacks yeah, I know you know you, you know you bugger well, you, you don't know you don't know because you don't I'm know sure, either but I'm sure Warren Gatlin would be going for it as well I yeah do you know what I would do like so I only found this out recently but there are posh schools that have um, like headmaster or headmistress a head then have a deputy head academic and a deputy head pastoral so you have a deputy head who's in charge of the work and the detail and a deputy head who's in charge of basically well-being and extracurricular stuff i reckon i might even go joe smith head coach academic head coach rugby warren gatland head coach pastoral just be a great guy no can't see that happening it will that is definitely how it's going to work because i've been told because I, I had a coffee with uh steve hansen in monaco yesterday ah uh. I thought I saw you. Yeah, got bloody lash we did. I thought it was uh, Boris Stankovic, but... No, it was, was me, you? and we got we got blimmin' lash, me and Shag. They call him Shag. You know, yeah. you, you wouldn't know that. You don't know him as well as me. But he was texting me this morning, and he's like, oh, God, I'm still not dressed. And I was like, didn't want to see that over my breakfast. <laughs> anyway. Um, So, yeah, so that's... Okay, that's official. Well done. should probably know that, but I've uh, been on the hog. Don't know if I mentioned that I'm a biker. Talking of hogs, Scotland beat Argentina 14-9. Classic. It was a wet day. It was a wet day in Murrayfield. We weren't going to see Trifest, Trigalore, but Scotland did enough to win. Yep. Argentina kicked a lot in the first half. Loads of up and unders. Sanchez missed a couple of easy kicks as well. So, you know, the score could have easily gone Argentina's way and Argentina arguably could have easily won that. Well, not easily, but could have won that game. But there was a lovely try by Maitland it was and Stuart Hogg does incredibly well because it was 6-3 at half time yeah. a couple of kicks missed by Sanchez but if you watch Stuart Hogg just his communication with Greg Laidlaw and Greg Laidlaw is just alert to it you know it's they come from the right they go left Stuart Hogg's looked he scanned in front shouted whatever the overriding call is hot or Shanks, Something probably. similar. Shanko. Flats, 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 flats. And just identified the space really well. 
nice pass for Maitland running, but just clever play. And that that little instance there, that was just the difference, really. Yep. But I, I, I actually think, Tommy, that is... That wasn't exactly a classic. I think that's actually quite an important victory for Scotland. Yeah, a tough huge. day, really hard team to play against. Argentina have played really well in points in the last year or two, and I actually think that's they've dug it out there and found a way to win. It's a good way to finish off their series. Yeah, you should, awesome you agree with that. You should agree with that. I really like Sean Maitland as well because he's away and lots of people are away. Alex Dzowski played on the wing for Saris. I know. Weekend, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But Did yeah. you see the try he scored? Yeah, I was there. Wow. And also the Maitland's break for the Lewington try. Every time Malins plays, he is class, and then he maybe he gets injured or he just gets dropped. I don't know, but every single time he plays, he looks class. I'm going I'm to say this to you, Tommy. When Brad Barrett eventually goes, I wonder if Saris aren't best served with Malins at ten, Farrell at twelve. But then you've got to find Lazowski. You can say thirteen, but Tompkins is sharp as well. They got so many good Tompkins players. Tompkins is very powerful. They got so many. But good I didn't realise Lazowski's pace. Until you actually see him in open space on the right-hand yeah. side of the wing. It's fast. You know, he got, he got dropped from the England squad after last weekend. And and we did it, Durdes and I did an interview with him yesterday by the, side of the end of the game by the pitch. And I was like, um, do you like playing on the wing? He goes, I've played everywhere else. I said, you're going to play tight head next. I've played everywhere else. But he goes, I'm not a winger. I'm definitely not a winger. I was like, well, if you want to not play on the wing, you need a shocker, mate. You don't just start play like that and then expect not to get picked again. He goes, well, I had a bit of a shocker last week, didn't I? So this kind of made up for that. In it for England, so it's like I, I love chat like that. It's like if you don't want to do the washing up at home, you do a poor job. Yeah, of course or you, you do. Don't make a tea and coffee. Yeah, oh, do a poor job. But I've not seen this. As, I've not seen the game yet. I'm going to watch it. But Fiji being in France, I haven't seen it yet, and I really can't wait to watch it um, because Redrada. I've seen the Redrada try, and it is pure power. Is it? It is brute strength, pure power. Runs over the top of a French forward, just powers his way over. It is. There's no way he should score that try, but he does because he is just freakishly strong. Have you seen the video? Um, Wilksy, uh, Wilksy, no one knows you. No, you don't mind know who Wilksy is. Richard Wilkes is an agent from Green Room Sports, a top bloke, been around forever. Um, he, he's got nine kids, I think. Uh, Wilksy retweeted the video of the Fijians singing yeah. uh, We Have Overcome, I think it was, something like that. And he's like, try and watch this without. And I watched it and I had all the um, gorgeous, smooth uh, hairs on my legs standing up. I was like, whoa, just. Amazing, really, really cool. Do that noise again? Whoa, I can't wait. I haven't seen that game yet. Can't wait to see it. You're at England. Let's talk about Wales first. You sure? No, England fine. Uh, England was good. They played well, but I mean, it's one of those things that they did play well. Carl Sinclair was nuts. He played so well. Like just everything he did, everything he touched turned to gold. But it is it, life is made a lot easier for any player, but especially a prop when your opposition aren't quite up to it and aren't quite on it, and the. Australian front five just got absolutely decimated. Yeah. That is that is largely because of Ben Moon, by the way. Carl Sinclair scrummaged very well, but it's Ben Moon that did the damage. He has been excellent this autumn. Excellent, excellent. And I've never seen Ben Moon struggle consistently in a game of rugby. I mean, he is very, very good player. So he's done really, really well, did a lot of damage. And it just meant when you come out, you're coming out of scrums, having bashed your opposite number, you are just 10 times more confident. Your legs are fresher than theirs because they've been overcome. You've been smashing them and moving forward. And it just, Carl Sinclair absolutely tore up at the weekend. Um, Owen Farrell's hit. Let's just get it done quick. We have to get it done on Rodder. My opinion, Tommy, I don't know what yours is. My opinion is that... Penalty try. Penalty try all day long. All he's, day long. And you know what I'm like? Yeah, I know what you're like. You're a savage. You're old school. You're a Neanderthal. 
But he has got away with two bad ones this this autumn, and that was that was the worst of the two. And that is a categorically a penalty try. It has to be. I completely agree with you. Yeah. There is just there's no arm contact. There's no sinking of the hips. He's just turned his shoulder and hit Rodder. It's a collision. Yeah, it's what Michael Checker said about after the game. He's bang yeah. on. Like it's just you know if, if Owen Farrell's tackle against Esther Hayes and he's saying was a penalty, and a load of refs have said that at the referees' meeting, then this one is three penalties. Yeah. In, but that was such a critical part of the game as well. Oh, yeah. Hugely, just before half-time. But five years ago, or three years ago, or in rugby league, any time, that is an incredible hit, and we love it. But now, I would say you can't do that, but you can. And two questions. Has Owen Farrell basically used up all of his credits before he gets to the World Cup, and he's actually going to get pinged to hell in the World Cup for his defence? Three questions. Two... What do his, does his dad ever talk to him about his own defence? Because his dad's meant to be the world's best defence coach. Does he ever mention defence to Owen? And three, have Ireland shot their bolt and had the best year in their history a year too early before the World Cup? They've not peaked too early because you look at their players and it's a mix of youth and experience. So I don't think that. I think Andy Farrell would certainly talk to Owen Farrell about tackle technique. Why wouldn't you? You, know, you want your son to do well. You know, he's Ireland coach, but... It's your pension, isn't it? It's family, mate. Drop the mate bit, but yeah, it's, fam- it's, uh, it's family, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Cock and a singer. Went well on the wing. Fuck and a singer. Went well on the wing. Fuck and a singer. Went well on the wing. Stop spitting. Um, I thought he was great. The only one instance that you could really pick up on him was he's just got try-line fever. And if he scores that try, yes. it's one of the great tries you'll score at Twickenham. But he didn't score it. Slade was open. Should have given it. Should have given it. Live and learn. But I thought he. Had, the only he, the thing the good thing was that it didn't reflect the game. You know, had that been a real tight game, and that was the difference between winning and losing. Say it was the All Blacks. Yeah. Then, you know, he'd be in a bit of trouble. I would say. Yeah, but I thought he was great, and he attacked the autumn. He didn't try and get through it. He played with a smile. Played with power. Came looking for work off his wing. I thought he was great. A revelation. I mean, Tamua and Foley. That partnership didn't quite work. For Australia, I think Australia still need to find a ten. Yeah, I mean, you've seen, yeah. we've seen Bernard Foley. He's had some great games, especially in the World Cup. I thought against England mm. a few years ago. I just don't but quite think he's the guy that's going to win you a World Cup. Do you? Not sure. I'm not sure. He's not going to win me a World Cup, that's for sure. But it was also Will Gagne's hundredth cap. Um, just gets caught a little bit. I always think defensively, you know, as a nine. You're going to be following the ball. You're going to be on the inside of the ball every time it goes across. So if there is a line break, you're there to sweep up. Just gets nowhere near. I think it's Cognacy when he steps back inside. Yeah, and it's Elliot Daly. Elliot Daly, sorry, yeah. Do you know what? I'll go so far as, I know it's his 100th cap and he's obviously a legend and all that, but I thought he was really poor at the weekend. I mean, Australia didn't have a huge amount to work with because they're on the back foot, but I thought he was really poor. Service was poor, slow getting the ball away, really poor defence. He had a did not have a good game, but... If you're going to play 100 tests for Australia, yeah. well, not all of them are going to be positive. What I will say is that England at one stage, halfway through that second half, looked like they were just going to run away with it. It looked like it was going to be a 50-60 yeah. pointer. But you know, Australia held tight. They are a quality team. They're just going through a transition period, I think, at the moment. A rubbish still, period. I think there's still a little bit of unrest, I think, within that squad because of we saw that Curtly Beale and Ashley Cooper were... Acts from the squad for breaking protocol, which was through senior players. But we've we've mentioned that in our live pod, so we don't really need to. They've crack been thrown into under that. the bus, boy. 
They haven't done anything wrong. Rules are rules, David. Yeah, rules can, are rules. Bring family back for a din- bit dinner, surely. But Wales, South Africa then, after. Now, South Africa were favourites, according to the bookies. Really? Uh, we were in camp. We were quietly confident. Well, I was quietly confident that was Wales was going to do a job. Uh, Wales lose Dan Lydiot last minute. Yeah. Dan Lydiot played, has played pretty well. He played well against Australia. Ellis Jenkins comes in. Now, Ellis Jenkins is a seven. Dan Lydiot's never played badly, by the way. It's no, not happened. at all. It's never happened. He's not like at Joe all. Worsley. Not at all. But Ellis Jenkins comes in last minute, plays six as well. And what feet and what composure for the Tom Francis try. Yeah. You know, he's under a lot of pressure there. The The easy option is just to give it or, or tuck it, but he, he steps back inside. He gives a lovely delayed pass to Tom Francis, who hits a nice ankle. But it was just a, it was a quality try. Yep. You know, you don't get many opportunities like that. It's a tough opportunity to finish, especially for a back row forward, yep. but does a quality job. I would I would love it. I would love it, Tom. Love it if Wales dominated at this World Cup. I'd absolutely love it, even though I'm English. I'd like them to lose in the final to England, ideally. But yeah. I don't suppose that'll happen. But I, I, think, I just think they're in, just quietly, I think they're in really, really good shape. I like Danscombe at 10 as well. Yeah. You know, they put a lot of confidence in Anscombe because I think probably Wales are more attacking and more of a threat in attack with him at 10. Yes. And his pass for Liam Williams is just, is class, over the top. But what you get, though, is there's two South African players coming across, right? They're both taking the same channel. Now, when you when you corner flag and you can't take the same channel, you've got to take your own space. Right. Because Liam Williams, essentially, one step... Does a both. Does them both. So you've got the inside defenders almost overtaking... The outside defender to corner flag, so he's he's almost behind. They're him. both in the same space. Yeah, you know, if that's the case, you've got to give yourself a little bit of space. You've got to you've got to give yourself two different channels to defend in. And Liam Williams just, you know, it's a, it was a great cut back inside and goes over to score a try. But if you're that inside defender, you're corner flagging. Have you actually got to back off a little bit and let your mate yeah. go a bit? You don't have to. You don't have to be sprinting across be the corner. Be more passive. Yeah. yeah, but there's a there's an opportunity then for South Africa to go for points yeah. just before the end of the first half. But they don't. They go for the corner. They end up messing that up. I never liked that call. I never no, liked I think, that call. I think it was something like 14-3, possibly at half time. But if they had kicked that, it would have been a seven or eight points difference, which isn't as bad at all. Yeah. 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 But there's plenty that went on. In it. Yeah, it's 14-3 at, at half time. And you know, had South Africa taken that, 14-6, that's not a big difference in score. Um, Willie LaRue. Love watching him play. And his hands for Jesse Creel to score. He throws a missed one under extreme amount of pressure, which is near impossible to do. Yeah, he's a worldie. You know, he? when you're under pressure and you're doing quick hands, that's that's a lot easier than trying to throw a missed one under pressure. But yeah. it's brilliant. Only Willie LaRue and Danny Cipriani can do that. Yes, it is. Um, but key moment for me was 69 minute. Great time. Yanchis knocks on. Um, I think it's a kick, knocks on, and they just don't react. I just don't think he's an international fly half. But yep. Well, he is. He's playing for South Africa. But uh, they kick be. the ball ahead. Anyway, they, they get a penalty, and it's a big decision because it's one of those kicks, I think, which is like a 30% chance of getting the yeah, kick. Okay, yeah. They go for it. Bigger nails it. and Of course he does. He's done so well. Dan Beer, because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that the form of Northampton hasn't really helped him, but 
He came on against Australia, nailed a kick. He came on against South Africa and steadied the ship completely. Yep. Tactically kicking really, really well. Yep, class. So, He's very good. I mean, the South African back row were really quiet. Khaleesi was really quiet. Bigger's kicks were really challengeable, which was great. Um, Wales kept the South African centres really quiet. And we spoke about them, about how dangerous they are. Creel, Delande, Delande. 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 Um, Rob Evans comes on at 75 minute. Does a job. Wins in the game. Just ask him, he'll tell you. Said he was an impact sub, mate. Didn't he? Negative impact, no, positive impact. Yep. He's good value, isn't he? So, good a value. real good way. Four from four. I don't think that's been done for Wales in the Autumn International. great, I love that. I love going four from four. It's great. Um, are we going to talk about the Premiership at all? Yes, we can. Um, should we do it briefly so we're not boring everyone senseless? Because um, we've got two pods coming out, haven't we? But I was at Leicester against um, Sarries. Le- Sarries absolutely ran away with it by half time, 21 3. Leicester mauled away back into it. Two yellow cards for Sarries. The Ben Earl one is controversial because it looked like a deliberate pat down, should have been a penalty try. I looked at that and th- on the day that is a definite penalty try because Brendan O'Connor would have made it. However, having looked at it again, because I, I was in the stands, you don't get all the replays, but having looked at it again since, I am not convinced Ben Earl knocked the ball forward. I think he knocked it backwards. In which case, okay. should it even be a penalty? Never mind a yellow card. So quite an interesting one, that. Um, final decision of the game, Leicester are going for it. Leicester are turning the screw. The mall goes really well. The forward pack really delivered. Dan Cole was outstanding, although he accidentally took out George Worth knocked him out when he got in his way from a kick and then he got flung around in a tackle and took out Ben Young's, uh, Tom Young's knee. It's like he's done his cruise shit, which is horrible. He limped off. So Dan Cole was assassinating his own players, but apart from that, he was exceptional. The day after, Carl Sinclair was exceptional at Twickenham, so he's proven a point, I think. Um, he was really, really good. Really aggro, Coley. I really enjoyed watching him, actually. And um, turning the screw in, and Sarri's win, the turnover of the last play of the game, which wins in the game, but it is the second man in. He's jackaling, and he's sort of, are they... The second money allowed to jackal. Anyway, the rucks already formed. Anyway, no, no. So I thought that was a funny decision that, but I'd like to look at it again. But I very, very close game. Um, Leicester will feel they were robbed. Sarries will feel they did enough, but it was a really, really good game of rugby. The second half, Leicester really found a way back in. Um, uh, Bath lost to Newcastle away. Let's just not talk about it. Not because I used to play for Bath. Can't give a monkeys about that. It was just a rubbish game of rugby between two teams that underperformed badly. Newcastle just underperformed less, dropped the ball less. Um, Bath just dropped it a lot. I think 16 handling errors or 13 unforced handling errors, something like that. It was just really poor. And as with, I won't say who it was, with one of the boys this morning, and he said it's just embarrassing. It's not embarrassing losing to Newcastle. It's embarrassing playing like that. And everyone's been there. But Bath are just one of those teams that you just cannot rely on to play well in games that aren't. They know, lose Freddie Burns early as well, don't they? Yeah, you just can't rely on. In the big games, it's like they, they'll probably produce, but you just can't rely on them to be consistently. Mm powerful and on it against Worcester last week they won well they played a good direct aggressive game plan you know and it's a pretty simple game but got a lot of power into it and this week it was just none of that it was just ball ball skidding on the floor it was Quinn's lost to Worcester another reasonably average game to watch frankly I know we're supposed to say that the product is amazing and it often is but that was a crap game um, it was really poor to watch uh, not a lot of fun but Worcester f- Bristol have spiked in form and played really well two weeks on the bounce, but haven't won. Worcester are not playing as well as we know they can, but are managing to win the last couple of weeks. So, uh, win against Quinns. They lost against Bath. Win against Quinns. They're finding a way to win. 
So the relegation battle is fascinating. Newcastle may have won at last, but they didn't play well. Um, they just played less poorly than Bath. So and Sale, okay, they've won at home, but you, you think, do you know what? There are a few teams that could well be in that relegation mix at the end of the season. I think it's a proper tense one. Yeah. Thank you for the roundup, mate. Very All right. good. All right, I've already missed a couple there. Wasp played, didn't they? I've forgotten who they played. I did the I did the blimmin' highlights yesterday, and I've forgotten who Wasps played. Let's just move on. You've done enough there. Yeah, we've, we've covered a lot of games there. I tried to be quick for you, boy. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Right, we have got a few questions. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I novel. put a tweet out. So, Richie, that's all he calls himself on Twitter, uh, Rich539, does the rugby pod have better rugby banter? And is flats hung like a hamster? Very antagonising question, Richie. I will not answer that. I will. Steve, no, no, don't, don't, don't even give him the Oh, no, there's one, there's one thing I want to answer no. on that. The worst word in the world is banter. Please stop saying banter, Richie. Harry Shoya yeah. wants to know, who is England's best fullback when everyone's fit? Watson, Brown, Daly, or A another? You might not like what I'm going to say. I don't care. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. He grew his hair for the weekend as well. Did he? Yeah. I've, uh, so you still think Mike Brown is England's ha- best 15? I just had to this morning submit my who I would pick to play against Ireland. Um, in the Six Nations if we had to pick now not what Eddie will do what I would do and I'd put Brown at 15 Do you not think though Brown is a very safe pair of hands under the high ball but do you not think that when Daly plays 15 it offers just another dimension another attacking threat purely because we see how many tries are scored from turnover ball from poor kicks from kick receipt you know I, I, I think Wales look more dangerous with Liam Williams at 15 in attack because when it's turnover ball, when the ball goes wide, he's so creative. And a couple of times at the weekend, showed lovely hands. Elliot Daly is a more threatening attacking player than Mike Brown, but we only saw that once in four games. The game, well, the games he played at fullback, we saw him make that quite lovely try against Australia. That's pretty much all we saw in terms of him ripping through and using that pace from fullback. 
defensively against South Africa for South African try down the right. I think Mike Brown would potentially have stopped that try, wouldn't have given Whiteley the time to gather that ball and get it away. He's a more experienced defender at fullback. I also think, yes, you want that attacking flair and threat, but what do you need more often? It's almost like you're going to move house, right? And you're going to move house to somewhere that's closer to work, you know, or somewhere that is closer to, I don't know, the petrol station. You're going to go to work every day. So if you're making a choice based on what is actually more useful, then you do, then you take the option that is more useful more often. And what you need from a fullback is attacking threat. But way more often than that, whatever the conditions, whatever the game, you need a fullback who is good under the high ball and really good defensively. I mean, the daily drop. Third, no, no, he hasn't. He, he dropped. He dropped an early one, didn't he, against Australia? But he did not dominate in the air. He did not. And you might learn that. That's fine. But actually. I think you will get the boxes that Mike Brown ticks. It might not be as exciting, fine, but the boxes he ticks actually are more useful more regularly than the boxes daily ticks. And that's not the most exciting selection, but it's what I think. Okay, fine. I would tend to go with more of an attacking fullback than a more of a defensively minded fullback. But, but Elliot Daly's more attacking, but we hardly saw it. We saw it once in the whole autumn. Yeah, but, well, just not. It's just not as useful as someone who does everything right. Okay. Um, Tom Smith on Twitter says. Does this autumn make Anscombe your starting 10 for Japan? And how does Patchell fit into this squad? I do think it makes Anscombe your starting 10 for Japan. But because Anscombe is very attack-minded, very elusive, a great runner, it doesn't really suit to have Patchell on the bench because they're very similar players. So therefore, someone like Dan Bigger coming off the bench, or even Dan Bigger starting and Anscombe coming off the bench, you know, they're different types of players, so you can play different ways and different styles with both of those if it's players in your squad if it's not working. Um, I think Patchell will have to buy his time a little bit. I think there will be injuries. Patchell can play 15. Mm. But at the moment, if Anscombe and Dan Bigger are fit, those two will be in the start in 23. Okay. Um, Flats, Eugene Baxter. Do you think Thokonasiga will still be picked in front of Watson when he's back fit? Oh, really interesting. Uh, don't know. Okay. <laughs> McKay1402 says, could Wales be serious contenders for the World Cup? Yes. I think this is one of the best chances they've got since 2011. I think Sam Walton ruined it for everyone. I think Sam Walton let yeah. himself and his country and his family down. I think so. Yeah. Tom Rowe, with less than a year to go, has a World Cup ever been so open? No, a Six Nations hasn't been and a World Cup hasn't been. Great. Who's your World Cup favourites at the moment? Well, obviously. New Zealand. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they always will be. They regenerate pretty well, don't they? They're like that Terminator 2 guys made out of mercury. Yeah. Might take the odd shot, but they regenerate. You've just got to chuck them in lava, haven't you, really, to get yeah. rid of them? Yeah. Or find a steelworks. <laughs> any more for any more, boy? Um, I think that possibly is it, Dave. Right, back on the hog and back to Bath, is it? Probably go to the blimmin' gym today. Thank you, listeners, for you, downloading. Have you been to the gym today? No. You look well, mate. Are you going to go this afternoon? No. Fat pig. Oh, no. I'm going to go. These old... Th- I wish I had arms like you. I've got to carry these big bastards around instead. Uh, you knew it was coming, didn't Oldie you? Oldie, but a goodie. You knew it was coming, didn't you, boy? No, I'll probably, I'll probably do a 10k run or something a little bit later. I don't know. I'm going to leave the bike here and run back actually but thank you for downloading please subscribe 
Subscribe. Do and a... Hopefully the sound is good on this one. Too good, so, if anything. Yeah. Um, and give, can you give us a six-star review, please? Thanks. All right, we love you. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.